sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Hello and welcome. To a Wednesday live right here on the morning after on SportsGrid. Sirius XM, Channel 159. That is the home for SportsGrid Radio on Sirius XM. All across the SportsGrid network as well, I am Ben Stevens. Thank you for joining us here on this Wednesday morning, the first day of a new month. It is February 1st, 2023. But it feels a lot like February 1st, 2022. Because we start this Wednesday live right here on TMA with some big breaking news once again out of the National Football League. For the second consecutive year, on the same exact day on the calendar, we're going to start having to call February 1st National Tom Brady Retirement Day because, again, Tom Brady announces he is retiring from the National Football League. In a message on social media, just a selfie video of Tom somewhere on a beach, Tom Brady announces that he is retiring for good this time. As Tom Brady shared his thoughts to his teammates, his family, his friends, his competitors even, everybody that has been a part of his 23-year NFL journey, now at the age of 45 years old. So, although we might remain a little bit skeptical or perhaps suspicious of a Tom Brady retirement announcement for this time, Tom Brady says he is retiring and walking away from football for good. At the age of 45 years old, After finishing up his 23rd campaign in the National Football League this past year in 2022 with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Tom Brady is retiring from football. And when you talk about Tom Brady's legacy, it is hard to argue in any other way that this man is not the GOAT, the greatest of all time to ever play the sport of football in the National Football League at that quarterback position. When you look at the career accolades, nobody has more. Than Tom Brady, a seven-time Super Bowl champion, six of those with the New England Patriots, one with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers just three years ago, a 15-time Pro Bowler, a three-time NFL MVP, a five-time Super Bowl MVP, and even this year, in 2022, in his 23rd year in the National Football League, his 45th on this earth, he led the NFL in passing attempts, and passing completions for a second straight year. In fact, his 490 pass completions this year, an NFL record in a single season. So although he is 45 years old, he was still slinging around that pigskin. Of course, as we look at Tom Brady and this retirement announcement, this time it feels like it is for real. Reporting around this announcement on this Wednesday morning has made it seem like Tom Brady was either deciding between retirement or a return to Tampa Bay. This is going to be a retirement for Tom Brady. Of course, he retired on February 1st, 2022, and then mulled over that decision for about a month and a half. And then on Selection Sunday, as the bracket was revealed for the NCAA Men's Basketball Tournament, Tom Brady took that over the headlines over on selection Sunday and announced he was coming back for a 23rd year in the National Football League but this time he says in his short social media message where he got right to the point in that video that he is retiring for good 23 years in the National Football League 
for Tom Brady. 20 of those seasons in New England as a Patriot. The past three years in Tampa Bay as a Buccaneer. As we welcome in our Sports Grid Radio audience here, the opening hour of a Wednesday live right here on the morning after. Sirius XM Channel 159. All of our radio terrestrial affiliates now in the fold as well. I am Ben Stevens. The breaking news on this Wednesday morning, February 1st, the first day of a new month, Tom Brady has announced his retirement once again from the National Football League. This time, Tom saying, I am retiring, dot, 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 for good. Because it was February 1st, 2022, that Tom Brady retired for the first time before coming back for his 23rd year in the National Football League, his third season as a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. But now he announces his retirement for good again as you look at the career accolades for tom brady after he posted that emotional video on social media this morning 23 seasons a seven-time super bowl champion by far the most for anybody at the quarterback position a five-time super bowl mvp a three-time mvp throughout an nfl regular season the all-time leader in passing yards and passing touchdowns of course super bowls and playoff wins he has a 35 and 13 postseason record during his 23 years in the National Football League. Those 35 wins alone are more than any other player individually has appeared in an NFL playoff game. There was news last year when Tom Brady retired that as soon as he officially walked away from the sport of football, he wouldn't be too far away from NFL games each and every Sunday, that he was going to walk in to the announcing booth with Fox to be alongside Kevin Burkhart in their number one play-by-play booth. Of course, Greg Olson did that role this year and did it tremendously so. We'll see what Tom Brady's future exactly is. But at least on this Wednesday morning, February 1st, 2023, the day now known as National Tom Brady Retirement Day, Tom Brady in an emotional video on social media posted on Twitter got straight to the point, announcing he is retiring this time for good after 23 years in the National Football League and a seven-time Super Bowl champ, a 15-time Pro Bowler. We'll have more reaction around Tom Brady's announcement that he is retiring from the National Football League coming up next here live on this Wednesday morning on the morning after. Joe Ranieri joins the fold, and it was a big day in the off-season circle around the National Football League yesterday as well. Plenty more to come next on the morning after. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. The breaking news to start this Wednesday live right here on the morning after on SportsGrid. Tom Brady, once again, on a date February 1st, announces his retirement from the National Football League. This time, Tom says, in a short emotional social media video, it is for good. Welcome back to the morning after. Live right here on this Wednesday, the first day of a new month. It is February 1st, 2023. I am Ben Stevens, and on the morning after... We love our alliteration. You probably notice it often in our headlines. So when we bring on Joe Ranieri, we get his reaction. Ranieri's reaction to a ton of news that we have around the National Football League. The breaking news of this morning, Joe, that Tom Brady has announced his retirement from the National Football League following 23 seasons. And of course, 
the coaching carousel that spun in a big way yesterday. Joe, first and foremost, mm. thank you very much for joining us here on this Wednesday on the Morning App. Always a pleasure, Ben. Can't wait to uh, break down the long drive here for the Pro Bowl with you. Also coming up in a few minutes because there's nothing says football like a long drive contest, my friend. Uh, always a pleasure. If you have some handicapping thoughts on the water balloon toss as well, we'd love to get those from you. Those insights exactly. coming up in yes. our next segment. But here at Airy, we react to the big breaking news around the National Football League, really in the last 18 to 24 hours. Let's start with the big news on this Wednesday morning. Tom Brady, at the age of 45, sitting on a beach somewhere in a short emotional social media video cuts right to the point he announces his retirement from the national football league saying this time it is for good of course joe it was on february 1st 2022 that tom brady announced his retirement after 2020 after 22 nfl season mm -hmm. and then just about 40 days later announced that he was coming back for his 23rd year in the National Football League. So I think it's justified to be just a tad skeptical if this is for good this time around. Joe, what do you think? Has Tom Brady played his last snap in the National Football League? So I, I think, listen, a, a very frustrating year for him this year, right? Not exactly what he envisioned when he decided to come back after <clears throat> retiring last year. Uh, for 40 days and then decided that he missed it so much he wanted to come back. Uh, listen, there are a lot of guys this time of year, Ben, if you're going to retire, now is the time we usually <clears throat> get those decisions and we get those announcements, right? But something funny happens, especially guys that have been in the league for 23 years like Tom Brady. As the, uh, as the summer months, uh, you know, come... And we, all of a sudden, you know, when they've spent the last 20 some odd years getting ready for a football season and getting ready and, and you know, all of a sudden that doubt creeps in because you're going, to, can I still do this? And the thing with Brady, which makes it unique is we're talking about the greatest of all time, the GOAT. But it's not like he's trying to hold on. The league won't let him go, Then That phone is going to ring. So he's not going to be like, all right, guys, I'm retiring, and then the phone doesn't ring. Like, he's saying, all right, I'm retiring, and everyone's like, all right, Tom, take the, take a month, you know, enjoy yourself, uh, go around. We'll, we'll talk to you again in July, because that's going to happen. This phone is going to ring, not because he's done and washed up or because he wants to hang on. He's not going to be allowed to just let it drop like this as we get closer to August. It will be interesting because, of course, there will be quarterback conversations, including the team that Tom grew up rooting for in the San Francisco 49ers. But where Tom Brady stands right now, of course, inarguably, Joe, he is the GOAT, the greatest to ever do it at the quarterback position in the National Football League, a seven-time mm -hmm. Super Bowl champion, a five-time Super Bowl MVP, a three-time NFL MVP, a 15-time Pro Bowler. Mm. He leads all of the NFL in history in passing yards at over 89,200 and has 649 passing touchdowns. Joe, he led the league last year in passing yards, over 5,300 in passing touchdowns with 43. He threw 490 mm -hmm. pass completions 
this year a single season record in the history of the National Football League. That was at the ages of 44 and 45 in his 22nd and 23rd year in the National Football League. But as Tom shared, at least right now, mm. we take him for his word, perhaps, that he is retired for good. My only ask, Gerbinari, is that if Tom Brady does decide that, you know what, at 46, his birthday's in early August, I want to come back for year number 24 in the National Football Oof. League, just don't do it on Selection Sunday, Tom. That is our day. Allow us to react yes. to the bracket and to have that moment. Do not try to good take point. that over as you did last year. Yep, very good point. Yeah, because I feel like we've the last three off-seasons have been dominated by the conversation of, is Tom Brady coming back? Is Tom Brady retiring? Is he not? I mean, honestly, the last three or four off-seasons have been all about Brady. But I think what's interesting here is we all know 10-year, $375 million contract to go to the booth is awaiting him. He's got the Botox, right? He's got the, the face. I mean, he is primed and ready for another 10 years here on TV in the booth here, Ben. So um, not sure he'll be any good, but we know he's going to be paid very handsomely to, uh, to call games at some particular point. That is the expectation. Presumably, whenever Tom Brady decided to retire, he would become the number one analyst for Fox's NFL coverage, stepping into that lead play-by-play -play booth with Kevin Burkhart and maybe replacing yep. Greg Olson, who had done a tremendous job all year long. That Fox booth, by the way, is set to call Super Bowl 57 in about a week mm -hmm. and a half in Phoenix between the Chiefs and the Eagles. A guy that was working for Fox's NFL coverage this year won't be doing that next year. His name is Sean Payton, perhaps the coach that everybody wanted the most in this coaching carousel throughout this offseason, entering the 2023 NFL season. Well, Sean Payton is reportedly on his way to the Mile High City. The Denver Broncos making some trades with the New Orleans Saints to acquire Sean Payton. Because, Joe, if you haven't been following this part of the story, where would Sean Payton land? He signed an extension with New Orleans in 2019. So he is under contract with the Saints organization until 2024. Thus, the need for trading of picks to acquire Sean Payton's services. So mm -hmm. Denver sends a first-round pick this year, number 29 overall, a 2024 number two or a second-round pick for Sean Payton to New Orleans, and the Saints also send back, along with Payton, a 2024 third-round NFL selection. Joe Ranieri, your reaction to the news that Sean Payton is the new head coach of the Denver Broncos? It, it's fascinating, Ben, because we never really, on a normal day, we're never contemplating trying to grade out a, uh, a coaching hire via the trade market, but... The reality is it didn't just cost them $20 million to sign him, right? It, it yeah. cost them future draft picks. And that it has not happened a ton in years past. But when it has happened, guys like Parcells come to mind and Belichick. And it's happened to some of the very best the game has ever seen. Um, I think it's fascinating because I don't think Denver had any other choice. You gave $245 million dollars. To what a lot of people are saying is a washed up quarterback now uh you can't just go out and bring in some rookie head coach 
Uh, you can't bring in a guy that hasn't all of you blew all of that this year with the Hackett hire and then ultimately the Hackett firing. He is the only guy, I think, him and Harbaugh were the only two guys that this organization could have saved face and said, Ben, when it's all said and done, work yep. or not, we did everything we could to help Russell Wilson. That's what they've done. A little here. bit more reaction with Joe Ranieri coming our way in just a few minutes. But, Joe, you mentioned Russell Wilson and what the Broncos mm. have now given up to acquire both Russ this past offseason and now Sean Payton as their head man. Three first-round draft picks, three second-round draft picks. There is no grace period for either of those two gentlemen, the quarterback nope. or now the new head coach of the Broncos organization. It's win now in the Mile High City. More to come on the morning app. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Live right here with tons of breaking news to react to from the National Football League on this Wednesday morning. The opening day of a new month. It is now February right here on the morning after on SportsGrid. I am Ben Stevens. Joe Ranieri joins us for a second consecutive segment. So, Joe, let's continue that conversation about the Denver Broncos reportedly hiring Sean Payton, having to trade away their 29th overall pick in the first round of this upcoming 2023 NFL draft. Their second rounder for next year's 2024 NFL draft to New Orleans to acquire mm. Sean Payton. They also get a third rounder from the Saints for next year's draft back to Denver as well and reportedly although nothing official as of yet they are going to pay Sean Payton to be one of the highest paid head coaches in the NFL around 20 million dollars perhaps a year so Joe as mm. we shared right before the commercial break it is win now in Denver because you paid Russell Wilson last offseason and gave him an extension north of 240 million dollars with a buck 66 in terms of million dollars guaranteed but Joe there was optimism for the Broncos entering the 2022 NFL campaign and they fell woefully short of even the worst end of those expectations when you look at the Denver Broncos last year Joe a nine and a half win total in the preseason a five in 12 record they finished third to last in the AFC they came nowhere close to winning their conference they came nowhere close to winning the AFC West division and they had a 17 to 1 Super Bowl price the only thing they have looking forward to the Super Bowl is Denver's maybe not all that far away from Phoenix Arizona so Joe I ask you this mm. what does Sean Payton inherit now or inherit excuse me as the new head coach for this Broncos franchise got two top-end wide receivers, right? Jerry uh, Judy, he's got uh, Sutton, he's got Javante. Uh, he, he's got a bunch of weapons offensively that were obviously not utilized in the correct way. Uh, but his first thing that he's got to do is a couple of things he's got to do right off the bat. That defense, um, you need to figure out that higher. And it better you better nail it because the defense is going to need to hold up its end of the bargain, at least, I would say, early on, uh, giving uh, Sean Payton the opportunity to get Russell Wilson. I don't think it's a matter of ability. I think Russell Wilson, the arm, the... It, 
physically he's okay. This isn't something where I think he needs to have this crazy surgery. He's right. got Tommy John. Now, I think the problem here that he's going to have is Russell Wilson, when you rewind the clock, a confident Russell Wilson like we saw in his career in Seattle, we saw no shades of that last year. He looks like a beaten man to me at the end of the season that had absolutely no belief in anything he was doing. So if he, if Sean Payton can't get that back into him, if he can't get that confidence built back up in him, um, I think it's over. And it has nothing to do with his ability of not being able to throw the ball. Russ looks like the kind of guy that looked like a deer caught in the headlights that he had absolutely yeah. no faith in anything he was doing on the football field. And that will be Sean Payton's biggest task, right, Joe? Resurrecting yep. the career now of Russell Wilson because 2022 was by far the worst of his career. A career low in completion percentage, mm. just 60.5%. A career low in touchdown passes tossed, only 16. Yep. Tied for the second highest mark of interceptions thrown in his career with 11. So that will be the big question, Joe. Can Sean mm. Payton fix Russell Wilson? And there was some reporting around this hiring that the Denver Broncos made that Sean Payton was a front runner, but they had some second thoughts. They flew to Ann Arbor to try to convince Jim Harbaugh to become the head yep. coach for a time. The Broncos had narrow end on D'Amico Ryans becoming their new head man. Well, D'Amico Ryans was very steadfast in that he wanted to return to Houston. D'Amico Ryans has now been hired as the head coach of the Houston Texans, Jerry, who played for Houston for six seasons as a linebacker. He started there in his NFL career in 2006, won Defensive Rookie of the Year with that Houston organization in his rookie campaign in 2006, was a two-time Pro Bowler at that linebacker spot in his six seasons in Houston. So, Joe, when you add D'Amico Ryans now as the head coach for the Texans, he was potentially the hottest name in this coaching cycle. What is your reaction to the hire the Texans have made? Uh, don't forget, not you know, all those things are great with that Houston organization and his past, but uh, let us also add, he sued the Houston Texans organization because of field conditions. Uh, he was mm -hmm. part of that uh, lawsuit that uh, was... He wasn't very happy with the uh, the lax fixing of the field and those conditions on there that ultimately ended up in injury. So, but hey, I guess that's water under the bridge because they ended yeah. up getting the guy that they wanted and holding no ill will. But I think it's an intriguing hire given the fact that you just went from Lovey Smith now to yet another defensive-minded head coach. You got a number two pick in the draft. Um, this too is again again the thing that I'm going to judge right off the bat is who's going to run your offensive side of the ball because it ain't going to be you there you go Ryan so who's it going to be and also what do you do with that number two pick since you have generational defensive talent on the board is it Will Anderson is it Jalen Carter or are you going to go with a quarterback that we don't know who's going to, who's the guy going to be in charge of making sure that quarterback comes around. It's intriguing the next couple of weeks. For sure. And Joe, the reason that Houston job is intriguing, despite the fact that David Coley and Lovey Smith only got a year apiece the last two years, is because they have a ton of draft capital and assets. Yep. And 
I would think, this is just my sense on it, that Houston will look to trade up just by one pick, but trade up to be number one overall to have that first selection in the 2023 NFL Draft to get their quarterback of the future. And right now, on the FanDuel Sportsbook, Bryce Young, the Heisman winner two years ago, out of Alabama, is the odds-on favorite to go number one overall in this Mm. April's 2023 NFL Draft at minus 120. Jordanary, you are a man that follows the numbers. You know the idea that good teams win and great teams cover. Sean Payton and Russell Wilson have to win now. That should not be the expectation for D'Amico Ryans in Houston. He inherits a team that was 3-13-1 this past season. They have won just seven games over the span of the last two years. However, they have been booked as an underdog, Joe, in 33 of their 34 regular season games the past two seasons. And as you can see, they cover 8-8 against the spread last year, 8-8-1 against the number as an underdog in all 17 games this year. Only seven wins outright, Joe Ranieri, but all seven of those coming as an underdog. Joe, what does it mean to you as you evaluate the future of a struggling franchise when they keep games close at least to cover numbers? What does that tell you about the plan moving forward? Well, it's you're in, first of all, a division that's extremely winnable here, Ben. Are they not in this AFC South? The only team they're going to have to worry about uh, in the immediate future is really going to be Jacksonville, uh, who has a quarterback. You don't have a quarterback. Uh, You made the decision to go on the defensive side and lean that way as a head coach, which to me says, okay, You've got all of this draft capital. Go build your defense, all right? Maybe, I don't know, bring in David Carr, whose brother had a little something to do with the Houston organization over time. Maybe go the veteran way this year. And if you have a defensive-minded head coach, go get those generational pass rushers, those guys on the defensive side of the ball that you can build around here and then try to figure out what's... Because what good is having Stroud or Bryce Young and you've got absolutely nothing around them and bury them? Build the defensive side of the ball. That's the decision you made with the head coach. That's the decision you should have immediately in this year's draft. And that's why D'Amico Ryans was so hotly contested for his services in this coaching carousel because of what he did in San Francisco, the best scoring defense, total defense, and rushing defense this past year in 2022. All right, quickly here, Joe Ranieri, as that is all off-season stuff, albeit the biggest breaking news in the past 12 hours in the National Football League, we still have one more game to play on the actual gridiron this year. Super Bowl 57 in just 11 days' time in Phoenix, Arizona. Joe, you follow the movement with the best of them. When the Chiefs won the AFC Championship game on Sunday night, they quickly opened as the point-and-a-half favorite for this Super Bowl matchup against Philadelphia. Drastically, suddenly, the line flips to Philly's side. It gets up to two. Now is settled at a point-and-a-half. Joe, what does all this line movement this early on signified to you about Super Bowl Sunday? Not a damn thing. Because it's all going to be contingent upon, Ben, what are we going to see from two people? And that is the health of uh, Mahomes and the health of Kelsey. And what do we learn, see, hear, what gets leaked between now and kickoff will determine if this line moves back towards Kansas City 
or if it comes ever more closer to the field goal number here. But I think a lot of that is going to be all dependent upon the health of those two people. And Joe, when you look at the line movement, it's not just for the actual game itself. We saw a bit of line movement in the money line prices yesterday afternoon, working back to KC just barely. But it's also the individuals because Patrick Mahomes became the favorite yesterday to win Super Bowl 57's MVP at plus 120, five cents ahead of Jalen Hurts, who opened as a favorite for the Super Bowl MVP. So there is some correlation, Joe, in those moving markets. You are the best. We love your reaction to everything on this Wednesday Mm. morning on the morning app. JR, get a nap. The hardest working man on the Spiz Grid. You can see him (laughs) later tonight. More TMA next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Back live right here on this Wednesday on the morning after on SportsGrid. Tons of breaking news that we had to react to in this opening hour of a Wednesday on TMA. But now we switch our attention to the association because history is on the horizon in the NBA and a trade deadline is also coming very soon. A week from tomorrow in the association. So on this Wednesday, live right here on the morning after, Brian Fonseca joins us for that NBA trade deadline focus and who will be the biggest movers and shakers as teams and as players to keep an eye on. And of course, LeBron James's chase for the NBA's all-time leading scoring mark. Fonseca, thank you for spending some time with us on this Wednesday on TMA. Thank you for having me, as always. So, last night, not far away from us, inside the world's most famous arena, Madison Square Garden, LeBron's Lakers on the road against the New York Knicks. A sensational game that, for the second straight time with LeBron on the floor for the Lakers, goes to overtime. But this time, the Lakers get a victory. A big one last night outright as a short one-and-a-half-point favorite inside the Garden, 129-123, excuse me, as a a one-and-a-half-point underdog. LeBron last night, 28 points, 11 assists, 10 rebounds, a double-double, or a triple-double, excuse me, Fonseca, for LeBron inside Madison Square Garden. Overall, a win for the Lakers that they desperately needed, a triple-double for LeBron, and he inches closer to being the NBA's all-time leading scorer. Fonseca, what was your reaction from the game last night and the Lakers' overtime victory against the Knicks? I think he also passed Mark Jackson in career assists. And maybe Steve Nash or something along the lines. It's, it's ridiculous. So he's 88 points away from getting a scoring title. And that's what we're all watching now. And we were just looking right before we got on at the calendar to see when that is. And four games away is the Milwaukee Bucks. Circle that one. Because as you pointed out when we were talking about this, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, former Milwaukee Buck, who played with the team from 1969 to 1975, should be in attendance, even though LeBron kind of said they don't really have a relationship should be in attendance to watch LeBron break the record and honestly this is one of those records that as a kid never thought anybody would come close because you knew LeBron was I knew LeBron was great back then but I didn't think he'd be doing this at this age most guys his age are long retired by now Carmelo Anthony was in the same draft class and can't can't get in the league 
at this point. Dwayne Wade's been retired for a few years, and those are the really good players, not to mention guys like Michael Sweetney, who was also in that draft class. So that's what we're all watching right now. And also uh takeaway from that game, Jalen Brunson should be an all-star. I thought he was great. And I think he makes so much happen for that Knicks offense. And I hope to see yep. him in Salt Lake City in February. He 37 points for Brunson last night, albeit in a losing effort. LeBron entered last night, averaging more than 34 points per game in the 12 games he played in January. 28 points last night. That's exactly his average. In the 29 he has played in his career inside Madison Square Garden, the first for LeBron James inside the Mecca since the 2020 season. As you mentioned, Fonseca, just shy of 90 points away from breaking Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's all-time record as the NBA's leading scorer. That game against Milwaukee, back home in Los Angeles, a week from tomorrow, February 9th. It is now the odds-on favor game in terms of the price for when LeBron James can make history and become the NBA's all-time leading scorer with 38,388 total points. Next Thursday as well, Fonseca, a big day perhaps in the NBA. It is trade deadline day. 3 p.m. Eastern time is that trade deadline around the association. So Fonseca, let's look around the NBA at some teams and some players that might be on the move as we approach this trade deadline. Now, things have not been great for the Toronto Raptors this year at this moment, Fonseca, and two of their players could be on the move. Fred Van Fleet is a guy that has by many teams around the NBA. We already have reporting that deals are starting to be in the works for OG and Anobi mm -hmm. as well. Is it time, Brian Fonseca, for the Raptors to make these significant changes, alter their roster, and start to move on? Yeah, I think they could get a lot of a lot back for Fred Fleet and OG Ananobi. OG Ananobi in particular because he's probably the hottest name right now in the trade market and legitimately is somebody that they can get multiple first round picks from. They reportedly want three. I don't know if that's going to happen. Regarding destinations, like potential actual landing spots, Fred Van Vliet is one that I have a hard time seeing get actually moved this year, but the Raptors are underachieving. I thought they were going to be a lot better, 23 and 29 this season, and it would make a lot of sense to send them to a team like the Clippers because the Clippers need a point guard. Kawhi Leonard has been wanting a point guard since he got there. The only thing is you're going to need at least the first-round pick to make that happen, uh, along with matching salary of Vika Zubak, Reggie Jackson, and the Clippers don't have a lot of first-round picks to play with because they keep using them in trades to get all-stars. But Fred Van Vliet would make an ideal uh, point guard there with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard if they could all stay on the floor. OG Ananubi, he works on a bunch of different teams, Milwaukee, Brooklyn, uh, Miami is one that I have circled because I know that they are very, very high on him and like him a much a bunch, excuse me. And OG Adanubi is yeah. 17.3 million this year, then has another uh, 18 million coming his way next year, and then a player option the year after for almost 20 million, in which he'll probably opt out and get a long term extension. The difficult thing with Miami is do they have the draft capital in order to make this happen? They have two usable first round picks. Don't know if they're going to use both of them for OG Ananubi. They also have Nikola Jovic, who was their first-round pick this past year and functionally could be used as third if they want to throw him in there. Duncan Robinson has the matching salary. Is that enough for the Toronto Raptors? I'm not sure. I feel like the Heat, he would fit probably best there, but I think they can get outbid. 
It wasn't all that long ago, of course, that Kawhi Leonard was a Toronto Raptor, winning an NBA championship for that franchise alongside Fred Van Vliet as well. Now the Raptors, who were the fifth seed in the Eastern Conference postseason last year, have the fourth worst mark so far this season in the NBA. All right, a couple of guards to keep an eye on as well as we approach the trade deadline, just eight days away in the NBA. Terry Rozier, who continues to put up points for a struggling Charlotte Hornets franchise. And it's been a disappointing year, Fonseca, I think we can all say, for the Minnesota Timberwolves. And D'Angelo Russell could potentially be on the move. As you look at these two guards, Fonseca, what are a a couple of possible destinations for both of them to end up prior to the trade deadline? Yeah, I'm not as interested to see where D'Angelo Russell goes because I just don't know where that trade market, like what that looks like, right? He's an expiring yeah. contract at over $31 million a year. I think he could help a team like Dallas next to Luka Doncic, but like I, do, I actually think Terry Rozier is the better fit in Dallas next to Luka Doncic, right? Uh, there's been – Miami's a team – they're going to be linked to everybody because that's just what – you know, that's just who they are. I don't think that makes a lot of sense. Like why are you trading Kyle Lowry for D'Angelo Russell just to get off Kyle Lowry's salary – Uh, this year when his salary is going to be more valuable as an expiring contract this summer in order to move and try to do something else, right? I just don't think D'Angelo Russell makes a ton of sense. Terry Rozier, Dallas is the team for me. Luka needs more creation. They lost a lot with that Jalen Brunson move and him going to the Knicks. Brunson, Dinwiddie, and Luka Doncic worked last year. Terry Rozier could functionally be the Jalen Brunson. I think if they can make that deal happen, and Terry Rozier doesn't play like Jalen Brunson, but you get what I'm saying in terms of that sort of backcourt and then adding Luka Doncic to be able to do everything else. Uh, Terry Rozier and Kelly Oubre would actually be a welcome addition, I think, in Dallas. And then you could trade away like mm. Reggie Bullock, Tim Hardaway Jr., a couple first rounders that they have in the stash. Terry Rozier is actually signed long term. He has three more. He has three years on his deal plus a team option. So he has this two more years and a team option, all in the early. Uh, low to mid 20s in terms of millions per year very affordable as well and 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 the salary cap is going up so i think that would make a lot of sense the hornets right now have the second worst record in the eastern conference terry rogier's last three games in terms of how many points he scored 28 31 and 20. he can add that offensive threat uh, on the other side of luka Doncic in dallas i love that thought already a couple of big names that we have been circling for a while now Boyan Bogdanovich for the Detroit Pistons reportedly garnering a ton of interest in Detroit asking for a lot in return if they are going to send Boyan Bogdanovich anywhere else and after the Wizards traded Rui Hachimura last week to Los Angeles Fonseca it seems like Kyle Kuzma is staying put in the nation's capital two-part question is Kuz good with the Wiz for right now and where might Boyan Bogdanovich best fit elsewhere around the NBA so first on Boyan Bogdanovich I think Milwaukee is probably the team that should go for him the hardest it's just they don't have a lot of draft capital to play with either they just don't have a ton of picks because they use a bunch of them to get Drew Holiday for example but that's the fit, right? Like, I've been talking about this, Ben. We've been talking about this all season. They need some shot creation. Yeah. Boyan Bogdanovich could give that to them, along with some size. Because Pat Connaughton, Grayson Allen, Javon Carter, like, those minutes, you need to upgrade that, right? And I think you could actually get rid of a couple of those guys in this trade. You could do a Pat Connaughton, Grayson Allen. You're probably going to have to throw in Marjan Bochamp, who was their first-round pick this past year, who's a rookie, uh, that they're probably high on internally. But look, you have to <laughs> – this is the price of doing business, right? And Boyan Bogdanovich – 
19 and a half million this year, 20 million the year after. And then he has another 19 the year after that. So like he's going to be locked up for a little while. And I think you need to pay that price because you have to keep him away from some of these other teams because some of the other teams we're talking about, the Heat, the Suns, the Lakers, the Nets, they're going to be in on Boyan Bogdanovich. And the Nets had him before. So that would be a reunion. And I think, and the Bucks, to their credit, they have a bunch of second round picks to play with as well. So, and then with Kyle Kuzma, it's difficult because like, I think that you should extend him if you're the Washington Wizards, but they're just going to be mediocre. So at this point, I don't feel like they're going to want to trade him. But if I'm another team, like the ones we've mentioned, I'm absolutely trying to get Kyle Kuzma off the Wizards. And I'm sending at least one first round pick along with matching salary. Of course, Fonseca, the teams that you've mentioned that would be interested in all of these players uh, reportedly on that trading block are contenders at the moment. If Boyan Bogdanovich were to go to the Milwaukee Bucks, the Bucks who currently are tied for the second best price to win the NBA championship, that number probably becomes shorter. That's the other angle to keep an eye on. For the teams that make the moves ahead of the trade deadline, and what does it do, at least based from the odds perspective, on their outlook the rest of the way here in this NBA season? Fonseca, a guy that always seems to be on that trading block, is Atlanta's John Collins. Quickly here, is this the year, finally, that John Collins is traded away from the Hawks? I'm not sure it is, but I will say this. I don't think he needs to be on a contender, like one of the teams we're talking about. I actually wish Oklahoma City would get in here and take John Collins. A team like this who has a ton of draft picks, they have almost 21st and seconds over the next, you know, seven years or so. John Collins is locked up long-term. He's a lob threat for Shea Gildas-Alexander, who's an MVP candidate maybe this year, right? Like, he's been that good. And contractually, it's just hard if you're not using Lou Dort, and why would they want to give up Lou Dort, who's one of their better role players? But I wish that Oklahoma City, there's a way, like, you would have to combine a lot of their young guys and veterans to just comprise a salary. Like, you're literally sending four or five guys out to get John Collins along with you know, probably a couple first-round picks. But Oklahoma City is a team I would like to see get John Collins because at some point, you can't have all these picks. You need to get some actual players on this team. Surround Shea Gildas-Alexander with talent, and Josh Giddy and Chet Holmgren are not going to be extension eligible for multiple years. So why not give John Collins a run in Oklahoma City? Fonseca front office? Maybe that's the title for our next segment together. Brian Fonseca, thank you as always. More TMA next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Routing out this wild opening hour of the opening day of a new month. It is February 1st. Live right here on this Wednesday on the morning after on Sports Grid, Sirius XM, Channel 159. That is the home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. All across the Spiz Grizz Network, that is Sports Grid. I am Ben Stevens. Why was this opening hour of our Wednesday show so wild? Because on February 1st, it's National Tom Brady Retirement Day. For the second straight year on this date, 
Tom Brady has announced his retirement from the National Football League, but unlike last year, where he was retired for about 40 days before returning to the NFL for his 23rd NFL campaign, this time, Tom Brady, in a short emotional social media video posted first on Twitter, saying that he is retiring, dot, 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 for good. We'll take Tom at his word. The seven-time Super Bowl champion, a five-time Super Bowl MVP. Which of the quarterbacks for this year's Super Bowl, Super Bowl 57, has the better chance of winning that MVP award in the big game? That was the question to you to round out this opening hour and fade the public. So which of the two quarterbacks has a better shot of winning Super Bowl MVP about 11 days away in Phoenix? Is it Patrick Mahomes, of course, the quarterback for the Kansas City Chiefs, or Jalen Hurts, the starting QB for the Philadelphia Eagles? Now, the reason I wanted to ask this question at SportsGrid TV on Twitter, and the reason I find it so fascinating is because Mahomes is now the favorite to do so, and as the public says here, they agree with the odds. 58% of the vote going to Patrick Mahomes, about 42% to Jalen Hurts. Now, what is so fascinating, of course, you would anticipate that the Super Bowl MVP comes from the winning team. And if you expect Patrick Mahomes to have a better chance of winning that MVP award on Super Bowl Sunday and Super Bowl 57, then the Chiefs have to win the Lombardi Trophy, right? But it's the Eagles as the point-and-a-half favorite, minus 126 on that money line for Super Bowl 57. Hour number two of the morning after is up next.